Welcome everyone to Epi and the Stash. I'm your host, Epi. Tonight, uh, we have a fun podcast planned for you. Uh, first co-host of this evening, we have Mrs. Epi. She's back with us. How are you, Mrs. Epi? I'm great. Thank you. Nice. And then we have Beardo. How's Beardo doing? Um, I'm here. This week does not deserve a fan-fucking-tastic. It, we survived it, so, you know, I'm here. We're not getting a fan-fucking-tastic, though. <laughs> but I will and, open uh, this beer just to irritate you. There you have a go. glass? Pour it out. Pour it out. I don't have a glass. <laughs> you let me down in your attempt to disappoint me. Um, back from a little bit of a hiatus, we have Dirty Dan. How are you? Uh, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> it, was and, that, it was that green beer, huh? That green yeah, beer seems yeah, well, away for a while. It took, it took me out. Like, that you know. I, that green beer sounded awesome. <laughs> Actually, I was I was listening to the show. I was editing. I'm like, that sounds intriguing. I would try it, that. Yeah, I know it was intriguing. Like the like the can was Ghostbuster mm-hmm. themed. Like it said High C on it. I love High C. I was it was all good good signs. And you know, once I saw that it poured green, I should have just chucked it. But I drank it anyways. So that was yeah, that was my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> It actually wasn't that bad, but it was it was just different. It was weird. Where did you buy it at? I didn't get it. It was my oh. roommate's friend that was over. He got it. I, he was explaining it was like a beer truck, I guess. Yeah, I didn't quite understand. So I guess he was out at some place that was outside. So it was like food trucks, and I guess it was a beer truck, and they were selling different kinds of beer that, you know, so it was a can kind of like, um, I forget who else had a can like it, but the label's too small for the tall beer can. (laughs) So it was like that. (laughs) And they just had like some makeshift, like, you know, label printed on there. So yeah, I, I have no idea where he got it from. You got someone's beer out of their garage. They literally put it in their garage. Yeah. Market beer. It was like some ant, ant, <laughs> antifreeze and, you know, whatever else. Other <laughs> and then, as you've heard, uh, finally, we have uh, Chitwood. Chitwood's here as well. How are you, Chitwood? Yeah, I'm all right. God, no one's good, huh? No one's good. Well, <laughs> good. Uh, so, before we get to our main topic tonight, Mrs. Uppy, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking Stella Rosa um, Moscato wine. What are they doing on that video you're watching? They're making tile. Making tile, okay. <laughs> Last time I peeked over, she was watching someone draw. So, <laughs> m- m- moving around. Dang targeted videos. <laughs> <laughs> moving around the, z- the Zoom room here. Uh, Chitwood, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking actually an old fashioned, and this is um, an old fashioned pre made on the rocks using probably some pretty shitty. Knob Creek whiskey. Um, I'm guessing that's probably on the second shelf from the bottom. Um, but um, it, you can find this at Target. You get probably like four glasses for 10 bucks. So um, it's actually a not bad old fashioned. Um, and, you know, if you're not looking to have whiskey in the house for a little while um, and just looking to pound some old fashions, that's the thing for you. Perfect. Uh, Beardo, what did you bless your taste buds with with that can you opened a minute ago? (laughs) 
So you gave me such hell just a minute ago about not pouring it out into a glass. So I poured it into a glass. Look how dark that stuff is. It is dark dark orange beer. It is really dark. So tonight I am drinking. I am drinking from our good friends over at Dust Bowl. I'm drinking a very fitting beer called Soul Crusher. Um, That explains why it's so dark. Oh man, it is 13%. Um, but I like it a lot, actually. I think it has really good flavor. Um, so next time I'm over at Dust Bowl and I see this, I'm picking some up that's really good. So thank you, I, Uppy, for giving it to me. Yeah, uh, glad you enjoyed it. I obviously didn't like mine enough to have the second, so I'm glad you happened to be stopping by that day and I could give it to you. Um, I think it was probably seasonal because... Yeah. Not that I keep up with them a whole lot over there in Turlock, but I don't think it's there that often. So it might be a winter thing. Who knows? But mm-hmm. if I happen to see it. It burns this, a little bit. Well, it's a beer, and it's like 13%. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. going to put some yeah, hair no, on your it's face. It's certainly warming me up. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it'll put some hair on your face. I'm not too sure about that, but... I don't know uh, if he needs any more I'm hair. Okay with that. No. Rapunzel lay down that hair. <laughs> he, he did say it was his resolution for the year to add two inches to his beard. So I mean, every little bit helps. Yep. And it is my <laughs> life goal. It is my life goal to get it down to my knees. Wow. Really? <laughs> yep. You think you can make it that far? I don't know. I feel like I'm stalled out. So we'll see. <laughs> I would think it only could get so far, but I mean, what do I know? Um, Dirty Dan, are you drinking? Oh, yeah. Um, so I got this H2O. Yeah. No, that's that's a good beverage right there. Yeah, yeah. Is it high quality? <laughs> high quality. <laughs> high quality H2O. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I think water had a part in my drink, too. But thankfully, it's not all of my drink. But I have a beer... It's called Paperboy New England Style IPA. It's from Masthead Brewing in Cleveland. I had two cans of these. I was saving them for the right time. I had the first one on Sunday after the Browns clinched the playoff spot, and I'm having the other one tonight. So this is it. This is the end of my Cleveland beers, Um, but at least I got to drink them in a positive way, not a negative one. <clears throat> it was looking real iffy there <laughs> Sunday afternoon, but uh, it all turned out good. And that led us in. Well, that's gonna, that's going to lead us into Dirty Dan's favorite topic. He is just jumping at the gills tonight. Uh, you wouldn't know it, but this boy loves his politics. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I kid, <laughs> but so that's what I hear. Wednesday happened to be my first day back at work after two weeks off. And it also happened to be the day that um, I I didn't know this was a process until this year, um, how they go about counting the the electoral votes. I didn't know there was an official thing that happens. I think the majority of of the United States did not know that. Yeah. 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 I, I think Trump and his idiocy for making me learn shit. Um, then we had an attempted over. I mean, it's nothing short of a coup. It was a coup that happened, and we're gonna just 
freely talk about because I, I thought that that's something you only see on the news when it's happening somewhere else. I never thought something like that would ever happen in the United States. And I'm still not truly surprised. <laughs> um, some of the details that have come out afterwards have surprised me a little, like possibly, well, I mean, I saw something today where even as they were in lockdown, Trump was still trying to get a hold of people for support and overturning the electoral votes. Um, mm-hmm. That possibly he had a hand in getting some compliance from the officers. Um how true that is, I mean, it's probably true. It's hard to tell. I mean, if there were a bunch of uh, minorities trying to get in and they were to let in, then I would believe that there's probably <laughs> some compliance with the police in that. But um, I don't know how to tee it up. So if anyone just wants to start airing out their thoughts on what happened Wednesday, knock yourself out. <laughs> Well, having been someone who taught government for 13 years, um, this counting the votes, it's not even counting the votes, it's certifying the vote, and it's, you know, ceremonial, it's not even fucking real. Um, It should have been something that continued to stay where no one knew about, because every fucking year they do it, or every election year they do it, and it takes 30 minutes. It's not a thing. Everyone understands what the process is and what they're actually doing. So the fact that we all now know that the vice president reads off what each state voted um, is dumb. You know, it's not even real. So it, it was just a bad week. And if anyone thinks that the president didn't cause this to happen, they're fucking morons. <laughs> so that's it. Isn't that why Twitter banned his account? They did. He's banned from Twitter and Facebook. And soon to be most social media platforms, except for Trump media. Uh, I'll see. That should have happened <laughs> when he became president. Like they should have just banned him on everything. Like just... You know, if if he was a little bit more, uh, I guess, like um, more forthcoming than he already is, um, I would have thought that he would have already instituted his own Trump, uh, you know, Trump, Trump Twitter, you know, platform, you know, where it's just him. And, you know, it's run by the Donald and it's run by probably moderated by, I don't know, um, Donnie Jr. or something. Uh, no, I think, you know, just to kind of go along with where Beardo was at is um, I have not taught GovEcon um, before. It's not a, a, a subject that I've taught in the past, but it is something that I kind of wish, you know, I was teaching at the time and, you know, hopefully maybe sites in the future for that. But um, going into going into Thursday morning, I did wake up, um, you know, I tried to process it as everybody else did and, you know, the events from Wednesday, but going into Thursday, especially as a teacher, you know, you feel this sense of when events like these happen, you feel a sense of agency and responsibility. And 
unfortunately, given the climate, you feel a sense of uncertainty as to, you know, what, what happens if I do this? Um, and unfortunately, well, fortunately, um, I do have this thing called tenure and it does help a little bit, but it does not necessarily take away my, um, my uncertainty as to, you know, I, I'm going to do everything I can to be, um, neutral, bipartisan in the classroom, but, you know, especially given the circumstances with online learning, it's, it, it just hyper, you know, I guess isolates the, the, you know, the conversations a little bit more and, you know, puts it in a different avenue that, you know, I, I personally have never had a, um, a tough talk like this yet during distance learning. So figuring out a way in which to, to hold those conversations with my students in a way that was, you know, safe, accessible and um, responsible was kind of interesting. So I woke up pretty damn early on Thursday. Sorry, if, uh, uh, you know, about that one. But um, Thursday morning, I woke up probably at five, which is a good solid two hours earlier than I've been waking up with the with the baby. Um, I've been basically kind of rolling into work right around uh, the start. But I woke up at five and, you know, just got a, a whole bunch of ideas, started seeing what other educators are posting on it and their uncertainties. And also, you know, uh, educators posting for each other and saying, hey, you know, if you need to talk about this stuff with your students, you should. And, you know, this deserves a place in every classroom and um, feel confident with with what what you where you guys take today. But also know that the students need help processing um, what what happened. And, you know, I think as educators talking about that with students is is helpful for us too to process it. But um, 100 percent. But. But um, when it comes down to it, you know, it, this it, it needs to be talked about in every classroom. Um, and, you know, it, if you're a good teacher um, and you I'd like to think you have your head on your shoulders on on straight, you're going to do it in a way that, you know, respects everybody in the classroom and, you know, facilitates a, a, the discussions that the students need to have. And, um, you know, I'm not perfect, but I think I did a pretty damn good job of that. Um, and. Um, I, I have no problem spending class time on things that don't have to do with my curriculum when students are learning history. And I will throw this out there. If you are not uncomfortable talking about history, you probably are not talking about history. So, yeah. 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 I, I completely have to agree with everything you just said. And I found myself on Thursday wishing that I was still a teacher. Um, because there is, you know, sort sort of a, uh, a healing process that you go through when you can talk with people about these kinds of things. And I always found it, uh, really kind of, you know, cathartic to talk with the kids and see how they were feeling and what they were thinking. And, you know, you go through these kinds of events every once in a while. Um, never like this here in America, but in other places around the world that make kids feel uncomfortable. Um, and then you talk about them. And I always found that 
when it came down to it, the people that I were talk that I was talking with, no matter which side of the aisle they were on, whether they were liberal or conservative, there were always things that they could agree on. Like the, the stuff that happened at the Capitol this week is terrible and should not happen. And, you know, good people exist on both sides of the political spectrum. You may not agree with their side, their ideals or their beliefs, but a lot of the time people just want to do what's best for their country, for their neighbors and for themselves. And you can genuinely condemn bad acts when that is your motivation. But when you're an asshole like Ted Cruz or fucking what the Holly, was it Josh Holly? Fuck that guy. They're bad people. Donald Trump, bad person. These people, they don't see what happened on Wednesday as a threat to our democracy. They don't see it as bad. They see it as a way to push forward their political motivations. That's all it is to them. They do not give a shit about democracy. They don't. And if Holly and Cruz are not out in the next election, if it, the next time they're up for re-election in the Senate, if they are not voted out, they're going to cause even more trouble and more damage to democracy. Mrs. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I had a question you guys were talking about, you know, as educators, um, because I see that the, the, one of the main problems in this political climate is the disinformation and misinformation and the perpetuation of fake news, um, that comes from the right and you know that there are so many trump supporters that believe that um they were patriots on wednesday they don't Mm -hmm. believe that you know what they did was wrong they believe that they were you know doing what was right and you know rectifying biden stealing the election um as educators how do you feel about or what are your thoughts on, you know, like how people could learn to better discern their information? Because, you know, people are growing up to believe some crazy stuff. <laughs> that's a that's a really good one. And honestly, I just kind of came across something today that made me made me think a little bit. And um it was on Facebook, and it was just, you know, a post for a a webinar that the um, Stanford History Education Group is putting out there, hosted by, um, um, I think it's hosted by a guy by the name of Sam Weinberg. Um, I could be wrong. If anybody's listening, that has to do with that, I'm sorry. Um, But Sam Weinberg, um, you know, and and the people at I'm just going to call it Shag. Um, they're hosting something that is um, entitled a webinar entitled um, "The Call for Social Science in um, in the Elementary Classroom," and what that 
webinar is going to be focusing on is the call for, you know, right now, social science is not technically something that um, is a standalone subject. And, you know, I would make the case um, and most K through eight classrooms. And especially when you get to six, seven, eight, those are now starting to be pretty prevalent with combo classes where you have the the social science and English classes put together and not, not to, not to say that that's bad. Cause I think, you know, our disciplines work together uh, quite a bit. Um, and the more we can mesh the better, but when you have a standalone class, especially having, you know, younger kids start thinking about, okay, what is, how do we access information and how do we make sense of it? That's what this webinar is going to be all about. Apparently I'm so totally down to, to, go to this and see what they have to say. But I, I have a feeling that the main goal is to, you know, have this push for social science um, be implemented as a, um, a standalone, you know, benchmark in the younger uh, primary grades um, to help these students start understanding how to understand information that they might see. I mean, see, <laughs> If if you look if you look at a toddler right now, one of the first things that they you know that they want want to engage with is that iPad. I mean, it's getting the kids are getting younger and younger and younger having these pieces of technology in their hand. That means that they're accessing this you know broad sorts of information, not just what the teacher gives them now, but what the and what the parents you know obviously um, expose them to, but um, what the web has to offer them in many different ways. So teaching our kids how to access this information responsibly and understand it and make sense of it for themselves, or at least, you know, begin that, that thought process um, is probably where we got to, you know, rethink what our current educational system is in terms of the social sciences. But I think I, I, you made some fantastic points, but I think what we really are missing is in this day and age, you can find any information you want and you can find the information that completely backs up your story, that completely backs up your belief. And when you find that, you stick with it and you use that and you let it feed you. Yeah. And when you are looking at one side of an argument and that's all there is, that's the truth. There's nothing you can do to to get yourself out of that mindset. Sure. What sure. what we need what we need to be f- focusing on as an educational group is we need to be focusing on how to evaluate sources. You know what's a good source? Identifying bias. Because everything is biased. I'm biased. You guys are biased. Your friends are biased. Your families are biased. People who write journal articles are biased. So everything is biased. It's, it's figuring out what the bias is and then applying the information that you got from the article, discerning the bias from it, and keeping the real stuff, the information there. And so we need to be teaching our students how to do that. But the problem is, is we as adults don't know how to do that. 
And so how are we supposed to teach our kids how to do that? That's the problem. I mean, I, I see it every damn day on, on social media that media back in the day told the truth and now all of this media is just spreading lies. But that is not true. That is not true at all. Media today is not any different than it was 60 years ago. The difference was you are in a much smaller area with a more focused set of information. You got it from your local newspapers or your regional newspapers. You got it from one of three channels. Walter Cronkite was your guy. I mean, that's, that was news. That was your information in the day. You got it from no, What about the fairness doctrine, though? Like, up until Reagan, there was a fairness doctrine where they were obligated, in a way, to tell the truth. I mean, the elimination of the fairness, fairness doctrine mm-hmm. is what kind of paved the way for things like Fox News to occur. So I, I feel well, like to some degree that there was more truth in it 60 years ago. But, I mean, a lot of what you spoke to, I think, brings up to a broader topic of, you know, we hear a lot of, uh, you know, the good old days. And I miss America I grew up in. And I, I lived down the street from a park. And, yeah, back in the early 80s when we were kids, or at least three of us were kids in the early 80s, we would have been allowed to go down the street by ourselves. And to go to the park, and I don't know how my parents or anyone's parents didn't worry the, for the crap out of us, but in the information age, we also now understand outside of that bubble that we used to live in about sex predators, how close they are, where they live. Um, we have better access to all the bad stuff that I'm sure our parents would have appreciated knowing, but didn't. But, but I think large scale, I'm all over the place. <laughs> I, I think so, to some degree, um, yeah, there was less information 60 years ago, but I still think things like the Fairness Doctrine at least obligated the news stations to present some truth, whereas you can turn off Fox News now, and I don't think there's any truth in what they do, unfortunately. Well, but, but when, when Fox News or any news media has their guys on giving their opinions, um, they can pass that off as, oh, that's not the truth. We're not claiming to be speaking the truth we're entertainment and that's how they get away with it now and it 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 sucks and it's wrong because people believe them and people base how they think about our democracy on what they hear these entertainers saying right um and so they can get away with anything they don't feel that they have any responsibility for what their listeners do I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like one of my favorite shows in the entire world is uh, Stephen Colbert. I love the Late Show. I love the uh, I love Colbert's show, Colbert Report. I loved it, but I knew that at the end of the day, it was entertainment. I knew that people don't understand that the shit they're watching is entertainment, not news. And yeah, that's, that's a huge and, I, and I get that. I used to share stuff from like Bill Maher show, but they don't pass themselves off as news. Like Fox tries to pass itself off as true. News. That's a good point. There's a big difference between you know, you know, I think anybody who tunes into the Colbert show knows that it's an entertainment show. Yeah, you're not but, going there for news. You know, <laughs> Fox News is called Fox News. You know, it's not Fox Entertainment. 
there's yeah. there is a huge difference there. I think what it comes back down to is having you know uh, I, I will revert back to the exact statement I said at the beginning of um, my second rant. People need the tools to be able to discern information for themselves and make sense of the information that is coming at them whether you know it's on whether whether you know it's coming on you know a fox news channel abc news channel nbc news channel on your tv whether it's coming through an app on your phone whether it's coming through twitter whether it's coming from tiktok snapchat wherever we are living in an age where you know people it's changed so much and we have not done i do not personally believe as educators we have done a good good enough job and i don't think um you know and that's a generational thing every single generation every time we feel that you know technology has changed we are constantly behind and that's maybe not even a a good way of putting it that educators are not doing a good job is just there's so much constant change especially with the you know the influx of information on the web and how accessible it is that you know i that it's like we don't really the, the, the discipline. Yeah, the the disciplines across the board, from you know where we're at to you know the agency of even individuals outside of school need to uh, outside of that kind of school age, you know, from a, eighteen and up, um, and kids in school. Um, teachers need to understand we need to teach digital literacy more in our class, and adults that are out of that, you know, kind of that. Um, school age, you know, whether you're, you you passed your community college kind of route, you didn't go to community college route, you're not, you know, you're just a you know full-fledged citizen, whether you're in a university or whatever, it, it, people need to take that agency upon themselves to understand how to discern things on, um, on, on media. And may, you know, maybe that's a, I don't know, it's, it's weird saying it, but maybe that's a state sponsored, like, Hey, these are, you know, good ways of discerning, facts from fiction i don't know it, it, it when you coming from the government is clearly when you, a lot when you start right <laughs> when you start talking about having you know it's crazy talk to think that adults after they're 18 still have things to learn but obviously we do there's thousands of thousands of adults I know um, that thousands thousands of adults uh, learned that you know you can go to jail um, even if you, you you committed a crime and then left the the scene of the crime um, and went back home you know to your states uh, <laughs> that was not in um, you know the East Coast and still can get arrested apparently that's a thing um, but I I think just in general the the reason why we we are a representative democracy or and or you know constitutional republic in the sense of representatives is that the the majority it's weird to say it, but the majority of of the the represented are not fit to govern and it's weird to say that but you know we that's why we are in a representative democracy and until you know people take that agency upon themselves to learn how to discern information and think in a way that, um, that, that allows them to understand fact and fiction and discern rationally. It, that's why we have a representative democracy is we elect people to kind of represent our own best interests. But when we have so much information that 
becomes even more clouded because we have our own responsibility to understand what our will is. When we let others start telling us how to believe, then we are allowing them to tell us how they should be representing us. And I think that's the cloud in which I don't know the exact number now, now, but 72 million Americans may have, um, you know, been operating under the last four years. So let me switch gears. Um, let me ask this question to everyone here. Um, are you fearful? Do you think something else is going to happen between now and Inauguration Day? Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, the answer is absolutely yes. And it goes back again to what we've been talking about. We don't know how to find the truth. And I don't think the people who stormed the Capitol, the people who tried to overthrow the government, who tried to overturn the election, I do not think that they are at heart terrible people. I don't believe that. Um, I believe they're dumb. I believe they don't understand how to tell what's right and what's wrong. I believe that they were duped. They were duped by far-right media. They were duped by their president. They were duped by their representatives. Um, And people in their community did not tell them, hey, you're stupid. It didn't happen. Oh, I tell people they're stupid all the time and they don't believe me. <laughs> well, even that's, after that's the, the problem, fact. not enough people are telling them that. Well, yeah, even <laughs> after the fact, they're not, you know, they're just kind of pointing the fingers like, oh, they're undercover Antifa. Like, not so much like. Dude, right? They're just, they're just switching the blame. It's like, no matter what, they're not in the wrong. No, technically, I think that would be left. So I've got two things on that now. So two things <laughs> I, I just absolutely need to say. One of the most important people in my life, uh, someone who was a teacher for 30 years, someone who I just absolutely adore. We were talking about the media and she was talking about how false it is and how terrible it is and blah, 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 you know, standard right wing stuff. In the end, I said, that is absolute crap. You can't be just getting all of your information from Fox news she said, but how do you tell? I don't even know how to tell what's right and what's wrong in the news media. And I said, you can't tell when something's biased. And so we cannot tell a bias. I can't read that. Hitler. It says, it's wrong to compare Josh Hawley to Hitler. Hitler was a published author. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that... That was absolutely eye-opening to me that someone who was a teacher for years and years and years didn't even know how to tell the truth in the media. What was there? What did they teach? Uh, elementary school, but still. Oh, okay. But still, I mean, when you talk yeah. about your typical Trump supporter, everyone has said, you know, typically lower education level, lower worldly experience this is someone who had a master's degree and someone who had been working with children for years and and in my opinion is a leader in their field but um couldn't figure those things out and so 
I think we see what we want. We see what we want to believe. And that's, oh yeah, that is, you know, I, I think inherent per individual. I think everybody sees what, you know, we want to believe, but at the same time, I think I, you know, I, it, it comes down to the, I think you're absolutely right, Justin, is it, in the sense is that, you know, we have, I think we have lost sight of, you know, when we as a society, ha- I honestly, I think have a, have a responsibility to stand up. Um, I think in casual conversation, um, we, we don't, we don't play hardball anymore. Um, I, and I kind of go back to, you know, what I have studied myself, um, in terms of, you know, pre like prior to the, you know, the, the Berlin wall falling. And I, I, I am kind of aging myself here. Um, but you know, you, you say the word, you say the word communist 30 years ago. And that mean that meant some shit. You know, you, you said the word comedy, you better get ready to start backing that shit up. And somebody's going to call you out on it if they don't. And, you know, if you don't really have that great, great a backup on that, you know, you, you might be called a communist yourself. Um, but I think nowadays it's like you, you come into contact with somebody that has a different opinion of you. It's more of like, you know, OK, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to you out. And, and if it's like. You know, it, it's it, even if it's like not uh, like this most unreasonable thing, it's like casual discourse says don't cause conflict or don't cause, you know, uh, disruption with the status quo. Just, you know, let them say. I, I, and I kind of bring this up because I saw a interesting article this morning and it said how to de-escalate a conversation when you're having, uh, you know, a tough conversations with your family members and um, none of it necessarily, you know, garnered around the lines of like, okay, show me, you know, like prove your opinion. It was more along the lines of just listen and wait it out and just let the other side speak their piece ask yourself why you care so much and um, reevaluate what the purpose of the discussion is. I'm like, Nope. Fuck that. No. See, that is exactly what Democrats have been doing for decades. And that is why Republicans are walking all over the constitution right now, because Democrats have been trying to play nice, have been trying to play the old political game of gentlemen and having honor when Republicans are just like, let's fucking take it then and have been doing whatever the hell they want. And you see that when you see Ted Cruz stand up in the fucking Senate after it has been ransacked by people who don't, don't understand the constitution and how a democracy works. You see it with Ted Cruz standing up and continuing to support Donald Trump after he riled up these people to go down to the, the, the Capitol building to go find Pence to make him decertify the results. 
Well, I mean, even the fucking president doesn't understand how the government works. I mean, let's be let's be real here. If Twitter finds that the president of the United States is not responsible enough to manage his own personal Twitter account, he probably should not be in, uh, you know, taking care of the nuclear codes for the United States. But the the nuclear codes are currently a short sprint away from him. Currently, you know they're not giving them the real codes. There's no way. <laughs> just gave him fake numbers. Well, well, that they're just is really reading off of like a like a CBS like receipt. One, two, you know? three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven. Eight. Donald Trump is the best. Now, while I would like to believe that is that's it's the not. Truth. It's not. There's a <laughs> there there is there's a nuclear football within you know arms reach of the president at any given time. That's the that's the fortunately reality. he cannot unilaterally launch nukes. Unilaterally he cannot. So we are lucky there. We just have to hope that the rest of the people in the government are not so far up his ass that they would do whatever he said, even in this time. Depends on how many resignations there have been in that day. <laughs> right. True. I mean, yeah. Mrs. Epi, did you have something you want to say? No, <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll let you. I'm going to ask one more, one more last question. I'll let Mrs. Epi go first. Um, <laughs> so my question Sorry. is, it, do we ever fully recover from these last four years as a society? And if we do, how long does it take? <laughs> Um, basically how long would it take to uncult the Trumpers I guess is what I'm asking I think a lot of things would have to happen in order to deprogram them I mean right now I've been saying it for four years now probably is that there are two separate realities in this country and there's the one that the right right media has formed that tells us up is down, down is up. And then there's the regular reality that, you know, the other half of us are in. And unless something is done to change this, I mean, it's to the point where, you know, the fake news is calling everything else fake news. And, you know, it's like, what do we do about the fake news? As long as that is still there, as long as people are still consuming that every single day, nothing is ever going to change. Like something, somebody has to do something. Somebody has to change something. And the fact that we had a freaking coup on Wednesday and our political leaders are still fighting over whether it was okay or not is a big fucking problem in my opinion, you know, because we still have senators like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley that completely supported it. We had one representative that was there storming the Capitol with all of the other lunatics. And then we still had over a hundred representatives that contested the, the ballots, you know, and, that was after the coup happened. Like, come on now. Nothing is going to change so, unless the people from the top actually do something. And the fact that, you know, we have social media shutting down Trump, but we don't have politicians shutting down Trump. You know, why, 
Why don't you respond first? Me? Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. We have two Americas here and, and both were on full display this week. Now, what we need to absolutely remember is one part of America is, is what we saw on Wednesday. We saw people storming the, the Capitol building at the prompting of the president and his inner circle. That's one part of America. And they are an absolute minority. They are the minority because the other part of, of America voted in two Democrat senators in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So that's majority rule. Majority is what happened and, in Georgia. And, and, let's, and let's not forget that one of those senators is a, is a person of color, too. I mean, first, first person of color to, to represent Georgia in the Senate. I mean, absolutely crazy, absolutely historical. It's amazing. These are the two Americas that we live in. They're both the truth. We need to remember that what happened on Tuesday is the majority. What happened on Wednesday is a super small minority, and we need to de-weaponize them. And what I mean by de-weaponize them is stop giving them so much of the attention. Stop giving them so much of the say-so of what's going on in America. Stop giving so much attention to them. They are not special. We do not love them. They do need to go home and they do need to shut up. They are not special. We do not love them. They're the minority. They are the destructive minority. We need to continue to look to the future, to the positives, and remember what happened on Tuesday. It's something that I said would never happen. Chitwood and I talk almost every day on the way home from work. And just last week, I was saying there's no way in the world Georgia is going to elect two Democratic senators. Not a no, chance. give me more One. credit. Give me more credit than that. I said Georgia was going to go Democratic in the oh, yeah. on election night back in November. She so, would definitely said that. Like, and, and not late, like early, like 4, four or 5 p.m. on the way home. Yeah. Like that was before the polls closed. Just saying. You have to yeah, remember to give major like- credit, though, to Stacey Abrams because she is the one that has been mobilizing people to vote. People that have never voted before have been mobilized to vote, and that's why they went blue. It's not because they turned on Trump. It's because Stacey Abrams... And is one hell of an organizer. She's a badass, <laughs> and she helped make that happen. And I'll I'll actually add to that before I uh, let Beardo finish. Is I'm just going to put it on the individual determination, honestly. Um, that was sponsored in Georgian Georgia voters. Uh, do we call them Georgian voters or Georgia voters? Voters in the state of Georgia. That you know, <laughs> Stacey Abrams. Yes. It is great, but I think, you know, it all comes down to the individual voter going out that day or, you know, picking up their ballot or having it mailed to them and then mailing it back, dropping in the box, doing their civic duty. Um, I think we'd see a completely different America, honestly, if, you know, we had a hundred percent voter turnout, but that's not the case. And I think that I think what it comes down to is 
the fact that people feel that their voice is being heard, but doing that through the proper channels and, and, you know, I, I would guess that there's probably a lot of new voters um, between, the, you know, November and, you know, this January election. And I think it's important to, you know, kind of note the yes, Stacey Abrams and the rest of, um, you know, the push for Georgia. A lot of money was put into Georgia. Uh, I don't want to put Stacey Abrams. But, but yes, you know, because of Stacey Abrams. He has worked at it for like a but decade. I, I think it's I think it's more so than that. You know, you you have to get. I mean, I was watching, I was watching a you know a, a, an all day event um, in Georgia. I, I can't remember exactly the 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 town it was, but on Facebook it was a get out to vote event, um, and it, it you know maybe sponsored by Stacey Abrams. Um, but I think it comes down to. <laughs> People, you know, the money is always there, but really it's down to the people understanding that their vote matters. And I'm going to pick that back up when I give uh, Beardo the floor. After I give Beardo the floor, go for it. Dirty Dan, you can feel free to step in. I We, oh, we, yeah. we know he's, this is your favorite topic. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can yeah. take a breath so he can. <laughs> no, I've, I've really just been biting my tongue and I'm just – biting at the bit to just jump in here but you guys just see me doing such a good job so i'm just i will say um just to have a quick answer um my quick opinion i'm neither left nor right i think there needs to not be such a split i think it shouldn't be 50 50 yeah there's other political parties technically not really the America's split into two, and I don't think it should be that way. I don't. Dirty Dan, those political factions exist, whether or not they have the, the you know this hyper majority or not. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, they're gonna be. I just, I don't think anything's gonna be you know hunky dory as long as that's that's the split. As long as there's a left <laughs> and there's a right, and there's I don't have an answer for that, but. I don't think it's until good old Donnie takes up the independent vote in 2024, unless he gets impeached in the next week. But dirty Dan, uh, James Madison agreed with you in federalist number 10 factions will bring down America. So you are in very good company with that opinion. Um, But I do want to say, you know, um, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz are two of the most dangerous people in in politics, in public service. And if we want to get Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley out of the Senate, if we want to crush their dreams of becoming president, we need someone like Stacey Abrams in Texas and in Missouri. Those states need someone like her. It be her because she's she's in Georgia and she needs to focus on Georgia and she needs to continue to focus on Georgia. There needs to be someone who has that same kind of energy and that same kind of vision in those two states to get those people out of Congress. Would you classify Georgia as a swing state now? Probably. It's an interesting thought. Do you, you call it a swing by state now? It, by definition, it is technically a swing state now. Yep. I don't know how true that is, though. I mean, to see if it continues to be a swing state, um, only subsequent elections will tell. 
Could be an so, outlier. Could something. Be. Are, I don't want to cut you off, uh, Beardo. Are you? Do you have anything else you would like to add before I yield the floor? Uh, thank you for yielding the floor. Uh, the senator from you know California would like to pick it up. Um, the the junior senator the junior Junior. senator yeah and you can as a junior senator let's just put this out there as a junior senator you can tell a junior senator to shut the fuck up anytime you want which (laughs) um could have happened a couple nights ago but um what we will say is um hats off to mrs uppy for giving me a little bit of perspective tonight because my mind goes back to my mind goes back to uh, past elections, trying, you know, just trying to make sense of, you know, what it is we're seeing here. And my mind goes back to, okay, recount 20, you know, 2000 election, Gore v. Bush. Um, you know, yeah. if you're trying to draw you know, correlations to what's going on, I guess that's the, the easiest correlation and trying to understand, you know, okay, people have problems with, you know, the, the ballot counting or, you know, the un, undemocratic elections or whatever. You look at Florida and you, and you watch what, what happened in that election and you look at it and you're like, okay, I, I can kind of understand where I guess people are coming from. But let's not forget, I'm pretty sure we are a good three weeks past where that contest ended. And there were legitimate claims. Like you can see the claims of people having voter, you know, fraud or not fraud. And what we're dealing with in this election is completely different. But when it comes down to it, we look at, I kind of searched it up and I, you know, I, I, I came across, you know, one of my first, First, I guess, sources that popped up in my search bar. It's from USA Today, if you want my source. Um, And it was just like the top 10 closest presidential elections. And you you see these close races. And what the closest one being John Quincy Adams over Andrew Jackson, 1824, in which the electoral college vote was 99 for Jackson, 84 for Adams. And, you know, I'm not going to bore you with the history, um, but it, the, the contest was very close, but then you it's followed up by Rutherford B. Hayes by Samuel Tilden, 1876, um, past the civil war during reconstruction, the electoral college vote was 185 to 184. Hmm. Let me say that again. The, the, the electoral college vote was 185 to 184. Sounds like stash. Due to lots of uh, voter fraud, right? Can, can, we, can somebody just, while I keep on talking, fig, pull up the actual numbers, unless somebody has them ready at hand, what the electoral college vote was for this one. Um, the, 306? 306. So... Two thirty-two or something like that. Three hundred six to two thirty-two, and then and we go. To, then we go to the top three: George Bush versus Gore. The electoral college vote was two seventy-one to two sixty-six. Gore Bush, Gore v. Bush was, and I say Gore v. Bush for a reason. Um, Gore v. Bush was two seventy-one to two sixty-six with documentable evidence. One of the of biggest things. 
not of a fraud of regularities. Of irregularities. What we hanging chads? Yes, the the dimple yeah. chads, hanging chads. I mean, it, it really <laughs> depends on the terminology that you use at this point. I hope there are no Florida Florida uh, viewers right now because they're probably going crazy. Um, you know, um, whether or not they can he- they're listening to our podcast with a hearing aid or not. Um, Whoa. Whoa, that election was not that long ago. That was my first election, jackass. Just saying, um, when it comes down to it, there's documentable evidence in those cases, in those close contests. Perhaps I could be proved wrong here, but the reasons why these cases are being thrown out in court is not because the courts are just saying, Oh fuck it. We're throwing these shit out of the courts. I, and I had, I had my own conversation with a, you know, a person very, very close to me about this a couple days ago saying (laughs) the the courts just don't get to throw out a case because they want to throw it out. They have to, they they hear it. It is being brought. A suit is being brought legal cases being brought under, you know, our, our, uh, uh, legal system, it, it, you know, it's heard unless there is not sufficient evidence to be able to take it up. And on the lines of that, you cannot just a- a- assume that the Supreme Court will take up a case because they sh- you think they should. The, you know, it, it goes through channels prior to that. So when it comes down to it, what Mrs. Uppie said, and I'm trying to come back to a, bo- a full circle is I think honestly this is a different situation compared to all of that and it it honestly tosses everything out the book and we have you know this it's a new it's a it's a next chapter in terms of I I think American politics is the next chapter in terms of um you know how we kind of understand what it is that American democracy is. And that was my main focal point with my students is the continuation of the peaceful transfer of power. The peaceful transfer of power, I might add, that was carried on during the Civil War. The electoral votes were in, you know, I guess promenade in in the, in the um, I guess, a ceremonial way that Beardo had talked about it were counted and certified without major contest. So the fact that there was contest, there was a storming of the U S government with an insurgency shows that there's, there's a new chapter and how that is going to embark in the in moving forward is yet to be seen. All right. Well, Thank you, everyone. Whoa, not thank you yet. (laughs) No, not yet. We're at an hour already. I mean, (laughs) have fun editing. I want to point one last thing out. One last thing. Ten seconds. seconds. Does definitely piggyback off Chitwood, so it's relevant. I promise. So, uh, Trump's legal team has uh, put forth sixty-two challenges in the court system to this election there have been 62 lawsuits they've lost 61 of them and when this happens 
what you're saying is there's you have lawyers going into <laughs> court with evidence or the lack thereof and presenting it to a judge who is impartial. And many of these judges who have ruled on these cases are Trump appointed conservative so appointment. Freaking conservative Republicans appointed also, by the current president. And we also talk about that these lawsuits. Can we also talk about the fact that the Supreme Court is conservative leaning at this point? And they have and the, not picked up a single one of these cases? Yes, because they're not going to yes. be involved in state laws. That's why. It's kind of their job. They're not going to take the time to overturn what happened in a state with the state laws. So. A beautiful word. Federalism. <laughs> so, but what I want to point out 100% is, and everyone in the world should understand this, these cases have no evidence, meaning Trump's teams have lost 61 out of 62 lawsuits because they do not have evidence of voter fraud, meaning there is not widespread voter fraud in this election, meaning this election is not illegitimate. Joe Biden was democratically elected to the office of president. Overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. With the most votes in history. Um, Okay. Can I move on? Is it okay? Do I have your blessing, Beardo? I yield the floor. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate. It. So I, you know, I, and I do thank everyone for your opinions, and I, and Wait, I do understand. I do understand this is something we probably could spend hours on, easy. Um, but in the interest of time, because we're already at about the hour mark, and we, we still have one small segment left that we're going to po- power through. Oh no, I'm going to talk for like a good hour for this thing. <laughs> next episode. It's my time to shine. No, could, I'll be quiet the whole time. Sweet. Just give us scores and a team. What, okay. what are you talking about? We're, we're going to hand the floor over to Idiotville. That's all we're doing. Right. You know, we're not, we're not stopping this conversation. It's just going to yield the floor to we're, the <laughs> from Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I'm that. sure that will be fun. <laughs> we're going to end our show this week with that. Um, I saw, so as we're all aware, Stash is not with us. He sent in his picks, um, which everyone has done all year. So anyone who's missed, thank you for taking time to send in your picks. I saw Stash's picks. I'm not impressed with them, so I'm going to force Mrs. Eppy to also participate because I feel like she could do better than he does this week. <laughs> make that a bet. I'll bet somebody misses up. What are you talking <laughs> about? All you have to do is just pick 2120 for – Everyone. The West Coast for the West Coast teams, and you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So That's before true. we get into the picking the wild card games, um, a little update on where we stand as of the end of the regular season. Uh, <laughs> for tonight and only for tonight, Stash is actually winning. He's at forty five twenty nine. Then Beardo, who's been in the lead almost all year, is next at forty three and thirty one. And then I made a little bit of a comeback. I'm at 41-33. Dirty Dan and Chitwood are both at 40 and 32. And Dodgers at 35 and 39. Dodger had a bad week last week. You guys thought I was going to be the worst team <laughs> in history of pickums. I mean, you are the worst. No, fourth. Match with Dirty Dan. Oh, the, is that the, the end, the, or are we continuing? The fantasy guru, we're, we're just saying. Super Bowl. We're going all the way through the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, so uh, there's still a chance, Chitwood. You still might get last. 
but there's also still a chance that you and me could be tied for first. I would love that. Let's do that. So let's let's <laughs> make it happen starting tonight. Yeah. Well, starting. I believe you have been statistically eliminated from the playoffs. That's just fake news. You must be watching Fox. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I love Fox. I, I'm going to start with Chitwood. Chitwood, you're up first. We have Indianapolis tomorrow morning, actually, in 12 hours from when we're recording. Indianapolis at Buff- Buffalo, is it? Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, my, my, my best – one of my best buddies is a – is a Buffalo fan. I can't root against them right now. Um, I like the story of Buffalo going all the way. Do I think it's going to happen? We'll see. And, you know, we're, we're going to take it a week by week basis because I do want to be in first at the end of this. If I have a, a do still have a possibility of a chance on, on that, I'll let you figure that out. But um, we're going to take Buffalo over Indy. 37 28 okay it's that's a lot of points to score on the indianapolis d but it is a playoffs um dirty dan um yeah i'm gonna go buffalo too um i'll go 24 to 21 did anybody see the simpsons uh, also predict this one? Oh yeah i they that's just a given to any, you know, historical event. Just saying like there's a, there's a picture of like four Buffalo Bills fans uh, at a (laughs) football game and they were all roughly six feet apart. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because they had no fans. Yeah. But you know, one could also (laughs) say that, you know, the COVID, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then, um, don't have picks yet for Dodger. Hopefully he gets them in tonight. Uh, Beardo, you're up next. Um, I don't know. I have a soft spot, a soft spot for the bills. I really like them. So uh, I'm going to pick the bills on this one, but we're going to go 21, uh, 20 bills with a last second. There it is. 21, okay. 20. Then uh, stash, I think st- still secretly loves Phillip rivers. Um, yeah, he does. Yes, he there, does. He's got there, a man there, on him. There is a thing I saw this week, uh, historically, not even historically. Uh, Philip Rivers has never lost in the wild card round his whole career. <clears throat> um, so maybe with that being the cause, Stash went Indianapolis 21 14. And well, I could see a scenario in which Indianapolis wins. Um, I got to play the numbers here. I'm going to go Buffalo 24-21 because Indianapolis does have a good defense. Um, that is a thing. And then misses up Ian Hyde, give me a score. Just give me a team name. Do you think Bills, who were 13-3, and three, or the Colts, who were 11-5? and five? The game's in Buffalo. I'm going with Bills. Bills, Okay. See, I already think you're doing better than Stash. Uh, <laughs> me. Uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Uh, we Then the next game, the second game on Saturday, Rams at Seattle. Rams are still with a backup quarterback. Well, Maybe. I want to say Rams because I fucking hate Seattle, but I'm going to have to say Seattle. Seattle. 
In case anyone here didn't know, Mrs. Eppie's a Niners fan. Um, you know, she's a good, smart. She's the keeper. Um, she's <laughs> faithful. Uh, for I will. I will also say, Mrs. Chitty is a Niners fan. She doesn't care, give two fucks about football. But if she is going to root for somebody, it's going to be Niners. Smart. See, nice both catch. of both of your ladies have great taste in football yeah. teams. Yeah. Terrible taste in men. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I mean, you win Are some, it? you lose some. I mean, I'm not. And <laughs> and in our and in our case, they won some. In yours, they lost some. <laughs> Whoa, whoa! My wife is a very lucky lady. I've got multiple things going on for me. I'm good looking. I'm funny, and I'm gaily employed. So you can get one out of three there, but we'll yeah, you, def- you definitely, you definitely described me and Uppy's uh, all three. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I think you're. Wait, wait, to- wait! I also own a private island. Got <laughs> fuckers. Why aren't you there? Fake news. Yeah, it's on the east coast. Uh-huh. East coast bias. Yeah. East coast bias. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So for wait, 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 wait! Can we talk about something real quick? Dirty Dan has a whiteboard in his room right that now. What, what are you teaching, bro? <laughs> that that looks like a <laughs> okay, it looks like a fucking whiteboard. You want some? Here, I'll, I'll give you. Give some it proof some proof. texture, dude. You want some proof? Here, okay. <laughs> what what is like, <laughs> open it up. It looks like you're about to start lecturing on Microsoft. Right. Teams. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was the whiteboard. That would be amazing. Just spider for, spider forty two wide banana band. So I, I think if if uh, what's his fucking name? I think if golf was healthy, I could see the Rams winning this because I still don't think Seattle's all there. But I think playing at home against a backup quarterback, they have just enough um, get it done. So in honor of Dodgers not here. Tonight, I'm going to say Seattle wins 20 to 21. And then Stash's pick was Seattle 21-14. I'm not going to say the score anymore. All of his picks were 21-14. Yeah. So I'll just give you the team. So uh, next in line, we have Beardo. Uh, I'm going to go Seahawks as well. Um, but I have a little more faith in Russell Wilson and his team. So we're going to go 28-14. Okay, and then Dirty Dan. Um, seeing as I kind of need some some wins to start catching up. Stop. Um, I'm gonna go with the Rams because <laughs> it is not given that Jared Goff will not play, and fuck Seattle. So I'm gonna go Rams because you know, fuck Seattle. So um, let's say you know, twenty to seventeen. You know, Dirty Dan, I do have to say you and I were the only two who picked San Francisco last week, and we were this close Yep, to being right. Um, all right, Chitty, what's up? Dirty Dan has selected the Rams, so unfortunately that means I kind of have to select the Rams if I want any chance of <laughs> winning. Um, so we're going to go Rams. Fucking okay, hey, Jared Goff, let's go. Um, as Cam long as he plays. Cam Akers, Robert Woods, uh, you know, Sue, whatever. Um, I don't think Sue's on that team anymore. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. You're, you're Detroit, huh? Um, <laughs> regardless, uh, you know, fucking Rams, dude, whatever. Ten. <laughs> this is so stupid. The line's at three at this game. How? Why would you bet this game? Um, let's go 27-24 Rams. Okay. I'm going to start next game. I'm going to start with Dirty Dan. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team. As much as I, as I would love to pick Washington, I actually do think Washington has a decent chance just for the simple fact they can most likely get to Tom Brady. If they, I mean, I like Alex Smith. I just don't know if he can put up enough points against the Bucks. If they had a better quarterback, I think they'd definitely beat the Bucks. But I think they're a year from away from actually being a good team. So I'm gonna have to go Bucks. I, I don't think Washington has the the offense offensive firepower to put enough points up. So I'm gonna say like 24 to to 14. Okay, Chidwood, what's the line? I th- <laughs> the line is uh, Washington plus eight, um, and the uh, well, I, the Washington's plus eight, and the money line's plus three thirty. Um, but when it comes down to this game, it's interesting. I'm glad that Dirty Dan took Tampa Bay. You know, he's he's been Tampa Bay all year long. Um, so I'm I'm actually going to go Washington here. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that Mike Evans is questionable, I think, you know, we'll see what happens. I, he stretches that field. If Mike Evans is not on that, that field, Chris Godwin's been dealing with his bullshit finger thing all year long. Um, you know, apparently Ronald Jones can't stay on the field for more than three games at a time. And that leaves Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Uh, you know, fuck it. Give me some Alex Smith. And give me some Alex Smith with a 30-24 Washington football team. Okay. Mrs. Uppy, Washington or Tampa Bay? I don't think that's a pick. That's not a team, unfortunately. Uh, it's really to close play? to a football team name. Tampa Bay, who I think they were 10 and 6, 11 and 5, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think they were 11 and 5. If they were 11 and 5, I'm pretty sure I picked them to go 11 and 5. So I deserve um, all the praise in the world. <sighs> sure. <laughs> um, the Washington has a really good defense, but Alex Smith, the quarterback, and they finished the season at 7 and 9. <laughs> it sounds like a really boring game. Um, That's why it's Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to say not Washington. Not Washington. Okay. Tampa Bay from the state. I'm actually uh, not for the same reasons, but, you know, I got to make some headway too. I'm behind just like everybody else. And I actually think I'm going to go with Washington because I think defense wins championships and their defense is pretty good and uh, you know Chase Young is legit I think he will get to Tom the statue back there and um, I'm not saying it's going to be pretty and I also think the facts spread this out where I think any team that has gone into the postseason with a losing record has won a game so 
take that for what you will. And I'm going to go some boring ass score like 20 to 12. <laughs> 14 to 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Dash went Tampa Bay. Then we're going to wrap this this game up with Beardo. What do you got? Um, well, I'm a huge Alex Smith fan. I think he's my favorite player in the entire football league. Um, and I really want him to do well. I would love for him to win the Super Bowl this year. Let's be absolutely honest. Um, I think he deserves it. He's a good guy. Um I don't know if they have what it takes to do it, especially being seven and nine. I'm sorry. There's people. There's winning the Super Bowl. That would there's be good. Crazy. There's good people on both sides. Good people on both sides, but no one as good as Alex Smith. Now, I think if it's a low-scoring game, I think the the Washington football team definitely takes it. But if it's a high-scoring team, I know that that my man Alex Smith can't keep up. So I'm going to pick Washington football team to win this one in a fairly low scoring game of 24 14 so washington football team wins yeah i'm gonna keep it with go you alex smith go alex smith i uh, couldn't agree more probably uh easily can we all agree that the comeback player of the year award should be renamed after alex smith agreed Absolutely. okay perfect I'm not sure about renamed to, but I deserve, I believe that he deserves it. Well, it's like um, the Walter Payton man of the yeah, year. Award, call right? it the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. Yes. Presented by Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. All right. Weirdo, we're going to keep with you. First game Sunday. This one should be really entertaining. I look forward to watching it. We have the Ravens at the Titans. Rematch from last year's post. Oh, I love Derrick Henry. Yes. Side. Roll Tide. Derrick Henry is the man. We're going Tennessee all the way on this one. Who are they playing? Ravens. Ravens. All right. So Tennessee, uh, 35-17. Okay. Dirty Dan. Yeah. Um, Lamar doesn't look so great this year, which I kind of figured he wouldn't. And not any, you know, shit on Lamar. But, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. So I'm going to go Titans again for a second year in a row. And yeah, I'd say 28 to, to 20. Okay. Chilling. 42-24 Titans. King Henry uh, eclipses 237 yards rushing. Precise. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, Mississippi. Titans or Rattler? Titans. Titans. Um, I don't care for either team. I don't care for Derrick Henry because he played at Alabama. But I do believe that despite how shitty that Titans defense is, with Derrick Henry on the offense, they have the ability to win like they won last year, and that's basically playing keep away. So I'm also going to go with Tennessee, and I'm going to go 28-24. And the lone wolf here, uh, Stash went Baltimore. 21-14. And then here's a game that I'm probably not going to tune into. Um, we'll start well, We'll start with Beardo again on this one. Uh, Chicago at New Orleans. No. Chicago played well enough to make the playoffs this year? Did they even no, play did not. this year? No. 
they didn't deserve it, but yep. they got him. No, it's they it's almost it. it's almost but like they didn't make a it's almost like they didn't make a trade for the best defensive end in you know like the past like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went from being five and one to eight and eight, so that tells you. Like okay, all right. Yeah, but it's the playoffs. It's all new. Someone can get lucky. Like I said, I'm picking my 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 guy Alex to win the Super Bowl, and they're seven and nine. So you know, I'm, let me just jump in real quick. Right um, they are the worst five and one team I've ever seen in my life. Um, just wanted to you know put that out there. Um, <laughs> Chicago's straight trash. I have a friend that you know was hyping them up, and then they proceeded to go eight and eight. Like I kind of told them they would. So fuck the bears. Just continue. <laughs> Give your time. You're up next. You're gonna... All right. Sorry. No, I have the fact that, that I have not. They have not even been on my radar all year. I don't know a damn thing about the bears. I'm going to go with the saints on this one and we're going to go 33 to 10. Okay. Dirty Dan. Do you have anything else to say? I, um, like I, I want to apologize to any Bears fans. I don't hate the Bears. I hate my friend who hypes up the Bears and continues to shit on my <laughs> Niners. So, but with that being said, the Bears are trash. Their defense is okay. They're like middle of the pack this year. Khalil Mack's a beast. You know, their offense is straight garbage. I don't care who's at quarterback right now. Nick Foles was not their savior. I, I said all this in the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, Saints are going to destroy them. Um, I don't know, 35 to 17. Okay, we're missing Chitwood, so we'll come back to him when he returns. Mrs. Eppie, Saints or Bears? I'm going to go with Saints. Okay. Because I like them. Um, this is the one team in the playoffs that I think uh, Little Uppy will emphatically root for. That's because their helmet yeah. is gold, and that'll be the Saints. Um, I'm gonna have it a little bit closer than you guys, though. I think the Saints do win, and the score won't be representative to how far apart these two teams are. But I'm gonna say it's be like 30 to 20 because Mitch Trubisky actually was playing pretty good these last few weeks up until they played Green Bay last week, up until uh, they played a good team. Yep. So, uh, Chitwood, uh, Saints and Chicago, and for your knowledge's sake, Dirty Dan picked the Saints. No, I picked the Bears. <laughs> you suck. Uh, you know, just, you know, t- kicking a man when he's down, when he has to get his laptop charger, he's got to ride his season <laughs> on, you know, uh, uh you know, fake news. Um, uh, um, you know, this one's tough because, like, I honestly, I like the Saints. The Saints, if I was a NFC guy, the Saints would be the team probably that I would be rooting for a lot. But um, is it because gold is worth more than silver? I'm sorry. Their uniforms are way better than the Raiders. I'm not going to entertain either of those comments. <laughs> um, but what I am going to say is Alvin Kamara makes the Saints. And I think the fact that, you know, we, he says he's going to play and they say he's going to play. I don't know. This whole fucking COVID thing with, 
you know, Kamara is just, I, I, I feel like they're going to give it to the saints. They're, they're, they're going to make sure he plays, you know, I'm sure it's in fucking prime time. So um, if, if Kamara didn't play, I would go Chicago, but I know he's going to play. So we'll go saints. Well, when did he test positive? Because it, it's yeah, like, yeah, right. It's like right on the borderline or some, some shit like that. So I think they're making some drama for no reason. I think it's going to be a 30, 38, 34 ball game. Saints. Like Saints. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, last game. So th- this is my one chance at, uh, feeling better than everybody. We, we help, we're all fans of different teams here. Uh, Dodger also being an Eagles fan. He's out here and Stash being a fan of the Chargers. Me being the Browns fan, my team is actually in the playoffs. So, <laughs> suck it. Suck it. Um, <laughs> so, what can Brown do for you? Most most oftentimes it's the, uh, you know, the, the toilet. But... Um, you know, it just means next year <laughs> I can pick last, and I'm happy about that. Um, but speaking of COVID, uh, the Browns started getting COVID at the worst possible time this year. Uh, we, have to <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> the worst possible time. Uh, well, look, I mean, they're getting like, scheduled. And it's like the factory of sadness could not have created sadness this year, so they created fucking COVID. <laughs> um, we, I support that that statement. We have to go into this game without our head coach, who has COVID. Um, we have to go into this game. Get him on the phone. Friday. Special we teams. Have to, we have to practice for the first time this week. Um, only the second time in two weeks. So I'm not expecting much. But what I do now is with all the in- injuries Pittsburgh has had to their linebacking core uh, and on defense, you can now run on them. Uh, they also have had exactly one good half of football in like the last six weeks. Um, they also historically have played down to their opponents. Um, so I am going to say that I think Pittsburgh is beatable, but I think they would have been more beatable had, I don't know, half our team might have COVID and have had the chance to practice all week. But I do think Cleveland has the ability with the run game to keep this one close. But I think just everything's stacked against them. I'm going to have to go Pittsburgh. I don't want to have to do it, but it is what it is. I say Pittsburgh wins. And because we're Cleveland, it's going to be some heartbreaking fashion. It's probably going to be like 30 to 27. And with that, I will announce Stash Pit Cleveland, and then I'll go to Beardo. Um, because Stash picked Cleveland, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to go 28-24 Pittsburgh. Sorry, uh, Uppy. You don't have to apologize. Yeah, okay. fuck, fuck the Browns by picking them. Yeah, <laughs> just bad juju. <laughs> bad juju! <laughs> I, I see what you did there. <laughs> that, that whole dad thing is kicking in for you. I like it. Um, <laughs> dirty Dan, what do you got? Um, yeah, I got. I don't. The Steelers were another team that I was. I've been shitting on. They were the worst, like ten and O team that I've ever seen in my life. So yet another. I think they went ten and O, and then eleven. Shit the bed. Eleven and O. Yeah, they're garbage. Anyways, um, they're good enough to to win all the games that they did win. So give them that. 
I do think they'll end up um, beating you guys. I'm not too confident in either team. You guys definitely have talent, have some pieces. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, like 27-24 Steelers. Okay. Show it. I think I may surprise Eppy here. I'm going to go with the Browns, which might be the first time I selected the Browns to win all year long um, in the worst possible time. Um, but yeah, I, I have grown to hate Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he is sucks. Like one of the most. He sucks. Um, yeah. And if I, can, if I can have a time, honestly, now to root against the guy, um, and honestly, when I saw him get lit up a couple weeks ago, I forget who that was. Was that against the Browns? Um, mm, no, there was a, the Bengals. That's what it was. Um, oh yeah. It was Von Bell. Yeah. Von yeah. Bell. Yeah. Um, what just, you know, ever since then, I've just had this thing against the, uh, against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I would love to see the Browns just fucking destroy Juju Smith Schuster and then watch them you know, hit that fucking stupid TikTok dance afterwards, like, <laughs> you know, um, just to throw it in his face. So you're, we're going to do something, you know, we're going to go stash on it. 21-20 Browns, Cleveland. So just so you know, by my count, you have actually picked them five or six times this year. <laughs> so it's not the first time, but it's been very big news. That hey, I picked them 33% of the time. That is not that much. <laughs> and then less uh, than less than that 31 percent of the time 30 and then uh last and certainly not least this is Abby. well i think i'm gonna have more faith in your team than you are and you go with the browns obviously uh, yes <laughs> i you know what i did it most of the year for the reverse team um that was my philosophy i am superstitious not just a little stitches or stitches, superstitious. Um, so but my one final thing I will say about the Cleveland Browns is at least even though we will probably lose this year, what I can feel like objectively say is as far as AFC North is concerned, I feel like the arrow is most definitely pointed down with the Steelers. And I think the arrow points up for the rest of the three teams. I, I feel like especially with the salary cap probably going down next year, the Steelers are already in salary cap hell. I think they have to – Big Ben wants to play next year. I think he's going to have to restructure his deal because they're going to own $40 million. He's going to have to restructure his back too. Uh, and his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all of those rape bones he has in his body. Um, anywho, uh, thank you all for a lovely evening. Um, apologize to the audience we ran long, but uh, we had to get the football in. And also – what happened this, this week? Too I mean, it, obviously, this was too historical of a week to go short. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We might have to pick up more of it next week. Who knows? Well, um, you know, I think you know we'll pick up uh, uh, pick it up next week after we see what uh, Idiotville does with uh, you know their response. Right. <laughs> uh, thanks for reminding me. But uh, in closing, I want to thank Mrs. Eppy um, staying up late with us two weeks in a row. Uh, life around here goes back to more normal next week, so we probably won't see her for a while, unfortunately. So thank you for your contributions and um, being here for us. Uh, Dirty Dan, good to see your pretty little face again. Um, 
happy you were able to make it back. Thanks. Happy you were able to make it back on. <laughs> Good to be Thank back. you, uh, Chitwood and Beardo, as always, for being here and uh, helping facilitate the discussion. And especially if we have the educator's point of view, uh, that's super important in a time like this. And uh, so for all of us, you know, we thank you for tuning in, being here week in and week out like always. And we're going to close out with, uh, it's on you, Idiotville. Let's see what you do next. We yield the floor to Pennsylvania. We yield the floor to Idiotville. Good night. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go.